With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat, where we will look back on a rather harrowing 4-0 home defeat to Oxford United. Joining me to discuss that and look forward to the forthcoming games with Northampton and Portsmouth are Jack Ball and Chris Errington. Hi guys. Nice to you. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome yeah, I would like to say it's nice to be back, but I'm <laughs> not quite sure about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so the game on Saturday then. Chris, I'll start with you. Obviously yep. a very controversial incident early on, 14 minutes in, which ultimately decided the outcome of the game, and that was the penalty, of course. What's your take on it? Um, well, I've, I've had the benefit of seeing it back on the on the replays a few times now, um, and I, I think the referee got it wrong. I think it was uh, it was a penalty when uh, Ryan Edwards tangled with Wes Thomas. Thomas was very clever. He made sure there was contact, and he almost slowed down to make sure that Ryan Edwards made contact with him. Um, so yes, I, I accept that was a penalty. Bit soft, but in modern football, that's a penalty. Um, then you come to how the referee deems with that after he's awarded the penalty. Um, the, the rules were changed in 2016, as I think as a lot of fans know, to avoid what they called the triple punishment, i.e. penalty, red card, suspension. Um, if it's deemed as accidental, the referee now has the right to show a yellow card. Uh, if the referee deems it deliberate, then he can still show the red card. Now, the referee, Graham Horwood, showed the red card, so he clearly felt that was deliberate. I, I find it hard to believe there's anyone that would look at that incident and feel that Ryan Edwards made that foul deliberately. So mm-hmm. I think he got the uh, the penalty right, but the red card wrong. I mean, the difficulty for Argyle now is what do they do? Do they try and appeal it? Because it's one of those where when you look it's at it... It's a subjective opinion. Can... It's a subjective opinion yeah. of the referee. And, you know, I think you can win appeals almost on a matter of fact. Um but it's very difficult. They I've, so rarely get overturned. I, I think they? it'd be so very, it's... very difficult the FA to turn yeah. around and uh, and overturn that. So it, it's unfortunate because uh, obviously Argyle were down to ten men for nearly all of the game. Uh, Ryan Edwards has already been sent off this season, so a one match ban becomes a two match ban. Um, and obviously, it, red cards. We've spent a lot of time on the podcast this season. Far too much time for our liking talking about red cards. Um, and it's another one that's cropped up it's going to unsettle the back four for the next couple of games yeah um, the result was 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 bad enough wasn't it but then to, to lose a, an important blow for the next couple of games uh, makes it even worse yeah Jack you were in with the fans on Saturday what was the sort of reaction when, when the red card was given well as you know same with all football fans when anything like that happens everyone jumps up and says it's not, it's not even a foul let alone, <laughs> let alone anything else but it's very hard to see it in real time you know it, that's why I do have some sympathy for referees because they only get one chance to see if they're going to have to yeah. make a decision. Yeah. Um, but we've spoken before about the feeling of Groundhog Day and it certainly felt like that. It was so similar to the Scunthorpe game that I actually thought Argyle played much better when they went down to 10 men for the most of the first half. And we were saying to Chris just before the podcast that at half time, if I was um, the Ox manager, I would not have been happy with my team whatsoever. 
and then our goal obviously lost four 0 like they did against Scunthorpe. So it's very mm-hmm. similar to that game. But when the actual incident happened, just for this, uh, when it happened that early, here we go again. Your heads really, you know, your heads really drop as fans. Let alone, I mean, I, I can't speak for the players, but you think, oh, here we go again. You know, we looked forward to this. We've been on a good run. And you almost felt that it was game over after that against a team like Oxford. Yeah, I think it's impossible if you're a player to see to see one of your teammates sent off again to think anything other than, oh God, here we go again. It's human nature, you know? isn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, you know, when it's it happened so often, um, and particularly at home park, I mean, it's, it's happened a lot at home park this season. It it definitely felt like the Scunthorpe game. I mean, everyone that was at home park that also saw the Scunthorpe game, it just felt felt like it. I thought, oh, oh God, we're, we're in the game at one 0 down. I thought they had some some decent chances. Jake Jervis had an excellent opportunity at the start of the second half that he's really got to score. And, um, you know, if he'd scored then in the 50th minute, 1-1, Jack's right, Oxford, on a run of four successive defeats, weren't playing with a great deal of confidence with a 1-0 lead against 10 men, you know, who knows what would have happened. Mm. But once the second goal went in, as in the case against Scunthorpe, it then felt like it was a case of, you know, how many of the opposition were going to get. Yeah, as you know, we're always keen to get the uh, listeners involved and we've had plenty of questions coming in again. So we'll start with one from Wilf. The manager seems to criticise the the defence a lot, but surely the problem lies with the forwards. Does the total of 13 goals in 18 games not tell the real story? Um, I don't think he criticises his players a lot, full stop, to be perfectly honest, Uh, Wilf. um, He criticised the defence on on Saturday. He called the defending terrible for the three second half goals and I can't... Imagine too many people would disagree with him on that. It was it was poor defending, even with down to ten men. You know the way that Oxford were getting in behind the Argyle defence. Bearing in mind that Argyle were playing with two banks of four uh, uh, for a large part of that second half was poor. Um, so I'm not sure he necessarily criticises the defence a lot. Surely the problem lies with the forwards. Well, the forwards are not scoring enough goals. That's that's clear. Um, I think it's six goals in home games this season. You know, they didn't have a lot of luck. I mean, Graham Carey's free kick, brilliant. Hit the post, mm. rebounded, hit the back of the goalkeeper. Could have gone anywhere into the back of the net, but no, it bounces wide and goes out for a corner. Um, Jake Jervis, as I said, had a really good chance. Jake's done well the last few games. He scored the winning goal against Bradford. Um, but in League One, you need players who are able to take chances, like the one that fell there at an important time in the game. So, so yeah, the forwards need to score more goals but the whole team needs to score more goals the centre-backs need to score more goals from centre-back uh, from, from set-pieces yeah. the midfield players and the wide players need to come up with more goals you know um, they've had a good run up until Saturday but that was basically on the back of Graham Carey's goals and assists and obviously he's not going to always have goals and assists so um, I think you know when you're when you're in the position that Argyle are in the team need to defend better as a team and the team need to score more goals collectively it's a team game football, yeah. not, not, not individuals. Yeah. Now, David Manson, I think you've actually just done a piece on this, Chris. David Manson and a lot of other Argyle fans as well, asking why was Taylor Sinclair substituted at half-time when he was an integral part of a strong Argyle resistance in the first half? Well, if I can refer people to a piece online, <laughs> yeah. uh, because there is a piece on there that I've done uh, today. But in summary, um, you know, Argyle were 1-0 down at half-time, but well in the game. Uh, Derek Adams felt that um, Gary Sawyer, the left-back who's playing at right-back at the moment for Argyle, wasn't giving Argyle enough attacking width. Um, He felt that that was an area that Argyle could look to try and exploit. So he felt that uh, Gary Miller would give Argyle some more attacking width. I suppose Gary Miller is right-footed and and better suited to that role than than Gary Sawyer. So he he thought Miller needed to come on there and then obviously left him with one of Sawyer or Taylor Sinclair to take off. 
and Gary Sawyer, captain, experienced, moved over to left back, and Aaron Taylor-Sinclair was substituted. I would agree with anyone who said that Aaron Taylor-Sinclair was unlucky to get substituted. Um, I think he's done pretty well. Um, he did very well up at Bradford uh, the previous game. Memory serves me. I think I might have given him an eight in that. I thought he had a really good game and he's had a good run. And um, I think he was unfortunate to get substituted. Um, but Derek Adams felt at one 0 down with ten men that Gary Miller gave them more of a chance of getting back in the game. Now, yeah. people will agree or disagree with that, but but that was the explanation. Yeah, and of course Adams is well entitled to uh, to make those decisions being the manager, isn't he? Stand or fall by decision. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Jack, I'll put this one to you because it was interesting. You said that the game on Saturday was very much like the Scunthorpe one. Gary Palmer's written in. I think it, this defeat hurt him a little bit more. He says the Oxford defeat and the manner of the capitulation hurt me more than any other defeat I can remember. Despite the sending off, this cannot go on for much longer. How many more devastating home defeats can one take? Luton 3-0, Grimsby 3-0, Blackpool 3-0, all with 11 men from last season. And Scunthorpe 4-0, Blackpool 3-1, Doncaster 3-0 and Oxford 4-0, all with 10 men this season. Since Derek Adams took charge, I have witnessed some of the most demoralising defeats and dire brand of football ever at home park. Our recent unbeaten run was built around a similar brand of negative football, but Graham Carey got us out of jail. You could say this is all we are capable of with this group of players, but who signed this group of players? I've given up hope of seeing Argyle score more than once at home park this season. It's tough. <coughs> Excuse me. It, it is tough. You know, when you're playing in front of big crowds at home, that is, that is where most of the fans see your team. So if you, if you perform well away like I've got done numerous times this year Blackburn away Wigan they put in a great defensive performance even though they lost they beat Wimbledon obviously they beat Bradford they put in some decent performances away from home I think I've been sometimes unlucky sometimes the whole team's been unlucky because of one player's bad decision for red cards because we've had numerous red cards at home this season but that one hurt and it hurt I, I feel exactly the same and I think the reason it hurt and I did a piece last week saying does hope had come back mm. but, you know the Bradford win really did restore that sort of hope that we could try and push on and we all know being football fans, we're all football fans here, as soon as hope comes back into your sort of thought process, you're just there to be, the blues there to be popped, isn't it? And that certainly was the case. I wouldn't say that, it's easy to pick out a few games, but you know, Derek Hans won his promotion from League 2 last year. I've seen some of the better football compared to what it was like under John Sheridan, for example. I've described it many times as the clouds sort of being lifted since Derek Adams came back. You know, the, the Portsmouth getting to Wembley, you know, that, that game. Uh, Newport won the Super promotion, games against Liverpool, there have been a lot of highlights with Jack Adams' tenure and it's very easy to pick out the few that haven't gone well. But what I would say is, over the last six games, Argyle's defence has improved vastly and yes, 4-0 defeat is disappointing but Argyle down to 10 men yet again. Um, and to be fair Derek Adams, what, what can you do if one of your players gets sent off, rightly or wrongly by the referee? It throws everything you've worked on throughout the week into sort of disarray, really. Yeah, it's the problem though, Chris. If our goal concede that first goal, I mean, we often talk about the first goal being so important in games, but particularly more so with our goal because they are so reliant on being yeah. strong defensively. No, absolutely. The first goal is crucial, and I think the stats speak for themselves. You know, when our goal concede the first goal, they nearly always lose, and when they score the first goal, they nearly always win. Um, so it is particularly important when you play the style that our goal do. Um, I mean, we were recording this not long after you know, Tony Pulis has been sacked by West Bromwich Albion, and you could probably have a similar sort of conversation with West mm -hmm. Bromwich Albion fans. You know, if if you play a certain style that's um, you know counter-attacking or try and bring teams onto you and hit them on the break, 
and it works, everyone's fine with it. When it doesn't work, then obviously uh, the, the defeats come and, and people are unhappy with the style of play. I, I you know, I, I agree with Gary, there's an awful lot of heavy home defeats recently, you know, 4-0 to Scunthorpe, 3-1 to Blackpool, 3-0 to Doncaster, 4-0 to Oxford. Now, yes, they're all with 10 men, so there's a, there is a an inbuilt, inbuilt excuse there. I, you know, I've sat there at 2-0 down, thinking I, I, perhaps it's a bit defeatist, but I'd have been looking to shut up shop. I'd have just been saying, right, okay, it's 2-0, we're not going to come back from this with 10 men. Um, I'd have just shut up shop. Now, I know that's not a great um, entertaining spectacle for fans, but, um, you know, I don't think you really want to lose 4-0 in front of your own fans either. We so, just don't know what's going to happen in the future. If the end of the season it comes down to goal uh, difference, then, of course, it could have a, a bearing then, could it? It could do. I mean, I still think we're a bit early in the season to be necessarily thinking too much about goal difference because you know there's an awful lot of football to be played um i'll take you take your point on that i'm not too bothered about goal difference but there have been you know gary is right to, to mention that there have been quite a few you know re- heavy home defeats and that that is a concern um you know that if you're going to lose um we don't want to lose full stop but um, to have two 4 0 home defeats this season, albeit when you've been reduced to ten men in the first half, is um, is not good. There's no one, no way of um, no sugarcoating that one. What, no. what, what I would just add to that though is I thought the crowd were fantastic on Saturday. Because yeah. Even though yeah. they had a pleasant off and they went one 0 down, two 0 down, three 0 down, hmm. it was probably one of the most vocal I've seen the Green Army, and they very much stood with the team on Saturday. Hmm. I definitely think that's worth mentioning. You know, it's easy to criticise, hmm. but I say on the whole, the, the, the fans were really with the team on Saturday. Yeah, good crowd there as well, wasn't it? Yeah. All the armed forces, they, as always, we've yeah. to Chris. Yeah. They always put on a fantastic armed forces display in it. It's, it it's really such a was. shame because the last... I love all the armed, force, yeah, armed services, though. I think the club do it really well. Mm. Um, and you get the marching band and the national anthem and the standard bearers, and it, it's all the, the military are there. And the last two armed services days have been a 3-0 defeat by Grimsby and a 4-0 defeat by Oxford. So, um, you know, once the game started, the occasion's gone a bit flat. But I, I think the occasion itself is good. And I, I think for the City of Plymouth and, and Argyle to sort of combine and, and the, the forces to do a, um, an annual event like that, I think is really good. Yeah. Uh, a couple of comments here. John Quest, I would like to know why Derek signed all these attacking players, i.e. Greg Wilde, Lemirez and Ainsworth, but he refuses to play them. Uh, going to home park is getting more and more painful to watch with Derek's stubborn and negative tactics. Yes, they have been on an unbeaten run, but they were lucky wins, especially at Bradford. A little bit of um, solace here. Mark Harris, who's an Oxford fan, said even with 11 on for 90 minutes, Oxford played more intelligent football. All games are different, so you just have to adjust throughout each match. That's how it works. But he's confident Argyle will stay up and will build in the second half of the season. Is that the issue? I think that's probably the issue of the Argyle fans, isn't it, Jack? Is, the, is these sort of ne- or deemed negative tactics? Well, what I try and relate it to is we, we've all spoken about Wickham in, in League Two, and you know they're quite heavily criticised for their the way they play the football. Style, yeah. But when they're doing well and winning, you sort of you almost overlook it, I suppose. Um, but we, we've all admitted on this podcast, and I'm sure Jack Adams will say, we're all waiting for January, really, so some changes can be made. It's quite clear that the current group of players aren't good enough to 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 really do too much in this league I think that there's too many players are underachieving we've spoken about the summer signings I don't think they've all been particularly great and we're relying very much on Graham Carey at the moment and, and that's that's the problem but um, I, as I said it's, it's, it's so easy to blame negative tactics I think but and, and yeah the, the games haven't been the most entertaining and especially at home because I, I, as I've already said I do think away from home 
have been some fantastic defensive displays, which has almost mm. been encouraging to watch. You know, we lost one or two Wigan. I was there with Chris that night, and even though we didn't score a goal, you know, the, it, it was fantastic to watch players like Jan Songo really step up and throw their bodies on the line. And I definitely think that is something to build on. I, and I wouldn't. I try. I try and look at the last six games as a whole rather than just the one defeat in the last the last game. If yeah. that makes sense. I think. I mean, the run that Argyle have been on has been encouraging defensively. Defending well doesn't mean that it's a lucky win. You know, defending is part of football. Yeah, of course. Um, so if you are good at defending, that's a, a very important part of your army as a team. So I wouldn't say the six, the, the recent unbeaten run before Saturday was, was lucky because, you know, you've got to defend well and your goalkeeper's got to make good saves. And that's not always luck sometimes. That's just good defending and good goalkeeping. Um, John's point about Wild Lemires and Ainsworth, yes, none of them have, have come close to being the first team regular this season. And you would have hoped that uh, at the start of the season, at least one, maybe two of those would have been first team regulars. Um, uh, they've had their chances, those three players. Lionel Ainsworth set up the goal at Bradford. He was always going to lose his place on Saturday because Graham Carey was back from suspension. Um, I think out of the three, Ainsworth looks the one most likely to, to, to force his way into the team. Um, but yeah, uh, you, you've got to say that you know Derek Adams' signings over the, the two and nearly two and a half years he's been manager have been good. Um, but the summer signings haven't really, haven't really worked. I've stepped up the level. Um, you, know, you can talk about you know, the budgets compared to other teams in League One, um, but I think some of the players haven't performed to the standard that they would have hoped to. Um, and just negative tactics we talk about that all the time on the podcast um, all, my only observation from Saturday's game was that after Argyle went down to 1-0 uh, went down to 10 men uh, early in the game I thought they were the better team up until they conceded the second goal uh, they had the better chances they played the better football um, I don't think they were negative from the point when Ryan said Edwards was sent off to the point they conceded the second goal um, all opinions, but I, I think most people would would share no, my no. view that I think no. you, you couldn't accuse them of being negative from when Edwards went off to when they conceded the second. I agree with that. You know that added to my frustration really because I thought if Argyle had eleven men on the pitch, they could really try to get back into that game, and it was it was just disappointing. And it's as we've said, it's so hard when you concede that second goal and you you know your home form hasn't been particularly great. Yeah, just going back to um, to what you were saying though, I mean. Obviously, we, we spoke a lot earlier in, in the, the season on podcasts about the lack of chances that were being created. Has there been a general improvement in our goals attacking play, would you say, over uh, that, that I'm sort not of sure when you, No, I'm not sure there's a massive improvement in the amount of chances created. Um, they're playing the way they are. They're playing, or again, up until Saturday, four defence, and then the three central midfield players, Fox, Theo, Garaga, um, who's everyone, Jack? because he moved back into defence didn't he so you, you've, you've effectively got a four man defence in the three cent- so mm. this, this team and the way they've been playing is not designed to create lots of chances um, what it is, has been doing well in recent weeks up until Saturday defending solidly and then relying on Graham Carey to come up with a bit of magic either by scoring a good goal or creating a, a chance for a teammate um, when you line up the way that Argyle are lining, I don't think they're going to create masses of chances. But I still think, you know, you look at the Oxford game after Edwards sent off, Argyle had two or three opportunities 
which were good ones that could have got them back in the game. But you know, going back to again what Chris said a bit earlier, last season, you know, strikers under Derek Adams have never scored a lot of goals. So, so what we had last year <clears throat> was defenders scoring from set pieces, midfielders chipping in with goals, and that's what we haven't seen enough of this year. I don't think you're ever going to have a striker under Derek Adams that's going to get twenty goals mm. in a season. Really, I think. Have to, they're going to have to share them around, and, exactly. and they haven't shared them around. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I mean, last season we spoke about the four-two-three-one that you often play. Now it's more of a three-four-three-one-two. So he's only sort of got three in the in that attacking third as opposed to yeah. four last season. Because so. you're on a losing run. We've talked about yeah, it in the podcast. Yeah. I can remember sitting sitting here and when they were on that really bad run of results, you've got to sort the defence out. If you keep clean sheets, you're not going to lose. Mm. And they've gone to the this, you know, four-one-four-one. Call it what you want to try and stop conceding so many goals, and that helped because they stopped losing games they drew a few it gained a bit of confidence they got a couple of wins um, but you know they got you know well and truly undone on Saturday didn't they yeah. um, Adam Lofnane Hill after watching my first game in three years and taking my son to his first ever game we both enjoyed the game despite the final score I was impressed with Jack Payne for Oxford and he is probably one of the smallest players in League One Ruben Ramirez is also very small and has got great ability on the ball Personally, I think he needs to start and play in the number 10 role while Graham Carey is out wide and can switch around during the game. Sorry for my long message. What do you think, guys? Well, well done on taking your son <laughs> to his first ever game. Will he go back to you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame it was a 4 0 defeat, but, you know, Stu and I, uh, it's, it's fun taking your lad to a game of football, Absolutely, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah. It's more than the football to them, isn't it? It's it, the whole environment, it the, is, the atmosphere. And and the occasion, as, a, as we just touched on before with the Armed Services Day, I yeah. mean, there's nearly 11,000 at Home Park, good number of away fans, you know, the marching band, the national anthem, it, it was great, I mean, up until three o'clock. And um, the, way the, the way the ball came into the city, I'm sure yeah, a lot of people's children would have enjoyed watching, you know, the zip wire. Yeah, the zip wire, delivery of the ball and everything like that. So... Um, I was impressed with Jack Payne uh, as well, Adam. I thought he played very well. He, he played in the number 10 role and um, was very good on get it, getting on the ball and, and causing problems. Yeah, he was, he was, you know, probably, in my opinion, Oxford's best player. He is one of the shortest players in League One, I would have thought. Ruben Lemiris, I've just not seen it from him in league games. No. You know, um, I think he's got ability. We saw it in pre-season. We see it in reserve games as well, we? in reserve games. I just haven't seen it. In a, in, a, in a league game I don't think um, you know uh, I don't know what Jack thinks he came on, on on Saturday and you know the game was effectively over at 2-0 down but I, I didn't see him contribute you know in any real positive way I'm not, not getting a downer on Ruben Ramirez I just I haven't got the evidence from what I've seen to say he should be in the team mm. um, you know he, he, he's a he's clearly got ability he was at Spurs wasn't he you don't Come through the ranks at Spurs if you haven't got technical ability. Yeah. Um, so one thing I'd say is from the the games in pre-season I saw mm. and the occasional reserve mm. game is you do see these flashes of brilliance from Ramirez, mm. but he goes missing for long parts of games as well, doesn't he? I, I was, and we can't afford to do that at, mm. at League One level. I was at an Argyle reserve game a few weeks ago, and I've got to say Ramirez was pretty poor in that in that game. Yeah, you were quite right. He had the odd moment of of doing well, but. For about seventy minutes of that game, he might as well have not been there. He really, mm. he really wasn't. And I don't think Graham Carey and Lemire's worked too well together. If I was going to make a change, I, I think Ainsworth or Wild. I think I would prefer over Lemire's. And it's down to Lemire's to show a bit more grit. And when he comes into these opportunities, it's down to him to show what he can do. You know, we've seen 
plenty of players come into the team in previous years. You know, Songo, we, we all said we didn't think he was possibly mm. one of the first choice players at the start of the season, but he's improved as the season's gone on and put in some outstanding displays. You know, Sonny Bradley last year, I think when Carly Osborne came in and Bobby just we didn't think he would be one of the first choices, but he got mm. his chance and he, and he did well. It's down to the player to come on and show the manager why he needs to start games, and I don't think he's done that. Yeah. Uh, lots of questions about Derek Adams as well. Um, John and Jack, is it time for the coaching staff to be changed? Bradford is probably the last game the chairman will accept. Personally, I would have made the decision a few weeks ago. And Dave Searle, if we could, if we capitulate against Northampton, is Adams' tenure over? Lack of home wins and entertainment is worrying. Six red cards equal the same goal tally in those nine games. It's just not good enough. And Michael Allen agrees. He says, is Northampton a must-win game for Derek Adams? It's an interesting one because it's not a must-win game for our goals. Obviously, you know, we've still got a lot of the season to go. But for Derek Adams, he really needs to get a home win, doesn't he? Uh, he needs a home win. I mean, they were unbeaten in six games before Saturday. Mm. Um, you know, uh, you've, got, you've got to have a bit of awareness of what's gone on. Yeah, the lack of goals at home, the lack of wins at home. Yeah, I completely get that. But they were unbeaten in six games. Um, so I don't think a 4-0 defeat by Oxford suddenly turns it into a must-win game for Derek Adams. I think, you know, you've, I understand all the reaction from fans and, and no-one's happy with a 4-0 defeat. But one game doesn't change the manager's future or the coaching staffs. No, I wouldn't say it's a must-win game for Derek Adams just yet. It's an important game. I think it's a very important game. And Derek Adams... Everyone says actually in football, don't they? It's good when you've got a game coming along quickly to try and put the, the wrongs right, yeah. as it were. It is, it is a huge game. But there has been a lot to build on. It's, it's, it's small steps. The one worrying thing, I think, is despite them being run, I aren't really moving anywhere. And, you know, it only takes one or two defeats to really fall down that pecking order again. And Northampton, I do think, is a big game because if we lose that, you're going to start getting adrift again and confidence can easily drop. We've said how many times and countless times that how fragile confidence can be. But I wouldn't say it's just not a must-win just yet. But I can see why fans are getting frustrated. You know, it's not it's not cheap to go to football games, is it? You know, you take a family of four on a on a Saturday and a Tuesday. It's it's fairly expensive. So they've got every right to have their views, and but not just yet. I think Derek has, has, has earned a bit more time. Okay, um, Richard Sloman, do you think funds will be made available in January? I, I think, think that's funds, what we're waiting for. Isn't it? I think it's funds will be made available, but the question is how how much yeah. and, and who can he bring in for, for what he's given as yeah, well yeah you know you know, I can't imagine it's going to be potfuls of money I'm sure there'll be some money available to make some changes clearly changes need to be made to the squad I'm sure he'll try and wheel and deal a bit there might be one or two that move out and that frees up money to bring one or two in um, all the fans we'd all like to see them spend a lot of money and bring in good quality players but I think it's unlikely they're going to spend lots of money um it might well be loans and uh, players that have had their contracts cancelled elsewhere and then move on, much the same way that uh, Ryan Taylor joined Argyle last January, for example, was Oxford. Oxford reached an agreement with him where he left and then he signed for Argyle technically as a free agent. Oh, well, he was a free agent, but it was almost like a, a transfer from yeah. Oxford to, to Argyle. The one problem, of course, you have is that if you're struggling near the bottom of the table in, in January, you know, one, you're not the most attractive of propositions to potential signings because you know nobody really wants to go into a relegation battle if they can help it and two you know players and those agents that might be prepared to do that know that clubs might be a little bit desperate looking to get new signings in and they'll ask for more money than you would ideally like to play for them so you pay for them so you've got the issue of can you get players 
to sign and if you can get players that are prepared to sign then you might have to pay more than you'd like to so it's it's never it's never a good time to sign players in January you want to do your work in the summer uh, if you can mm-hmm. but in Argyle's situation they're clearly going to need to uh, have to make um, some you know uh, you would imagine I can't see sort of five or six signings but two or three good signings would be uh, would be very helpful but it won't be easy yeah Jack well, what areas do you think is it an obvious one to say that the front areas what needs strengthening it's always saying we need a striker but it's not easy to find one I no. think that's Who's going, to give a, who's going to give away a striker that's any good in January? Well, it's, you know, a lot of people always talk about the goals, don't they? Oh, we need a 20-goal-a-season striker. But that's not necessarily what Argyle need. You know, they need someone... You can have a 20-goal-a-season striker in that team, but if they're not creating the chances, he's yeah. not going to score them. You need someone that can come off the bench and make a bit of a difference. I don't feel like really we've got that with Blissett and Chifchi. Mm. It's not worked out. We all, we all know that. It's, it's, it's a very important January because if Argyle is still in the position they're in, still getting defeats at home, you know... Jack Adams, if they do struggle and go down again, it undoes all the hard work from the last couple of years, as far as I'm concerned. It's, I th- I, 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 there's a few positions that need strengthening. I think defensively, we've proved we, they can do it. It's just trying to keep the level men on the pitch. Argyle signed a lot of wingers, though. You know, they, they've signed these people. It's, it's about who can move out, possibly, to move in. I think the loan market is where he potentially will look to strengthen. I think he's proved in the loan market he can bring in some good players. You know, we've got Oscar Frelkel before he came on the Elder Permanent. Chris Hand did well. He's, he's done very well throughout the few years with loan deals and he hasn't really used them much up until shifting really so I think yeah you don't always have to I mean in an ideal world you'd have lots of money to, to throw around and sign for players but you know when you're in League 1 and League 2 you can get some very good players on loan you just need to be able to find them recruit them yeah. and strike up relationships with the club so will funds be made, made available they, they might be but there's no reason why you couldn't get a couple of two or three well not three but you know a couple of really decent loan signings from yeah. high division clubs that could, could make an impact as I say it's not necessarily the goal scorer but it's going to be someone that has the attributes Adams mm. is looking for if he's Absolutely. looking for a target man yeah. to get our goal playing in the final third his goal scoring record might not be great but yeah. if he brings something to the team then that's obviously what uh, Adams yeah. is going to be we don't have a lot of hopes on Ryan Taylor but he will be like a new signing yeah, he will be. Back yeah. he's been gone for so long and again you can't put too much pressure on someone that's been out for such a long time but I do feel like when he is fit, he will be like a new signing for Argyle. And hopefully, fingers crossed, he is they, you know, fit. Because he did a great job for Argyle when he came in last January. You know, he's that type of man that can hold the ball up well. And he allows the free players behind him to really express themselves. And get into the game. Yeah, so he'll be like a new signing as well. Yeah. So moving forward then, um, is it a case of just writing off what happened on Saturday, Chris, given the fact that they were down to 10 men early on? Forget about it. Just get on with uh, Northampton on Tuesday. No, I think you've, you've you've got to learn from that, and you know the defending was poor, and um, they're going to have to do better than that. And sometimes things go against you in football games, and you know you come up against adversity, and you've got to find a way of being able to deal with that. And that goes back to Gary Palmer's point about the heavy defeats. You know, uh, just because you get a man sent off doesn't mean that you automatically lose three or four nil. So, you know, they've, they've got to, um, you know, when the adversity strikes, they've got to try and find a, that extra bit of resilience. Of course, it's human nature to think here we go again. But um, if Northampton get the first goal tomorrow night, they can't just sort of drop their heads and think here we go again sort of thing. So, uh, I don't think you want to dwell on it too long. But you've got to try and learn lessons from from defeats like that. Um, it's an important game. Northampton the twenty first, Argyle the twenty third. You know we're in uh, uh, what mid late November. It's, it's not must win. You know it's an important game. It's not must win, but it 
you know. Yeah. Um, there's a well, big the, difference. The, there's a big difference between Argyle being seven points behind at exactly, Northampton yeah. and one point. So you know. Yeah, I was going to say there's a big points mm. swing there, isn't yeah. there? And then of course Jack Portsmouth away on Saturday, arguably the biggest game in the calendar for Argyle away from home anyway. It's very far far you can come to. I've I've been to Fratton Park three times and never in a working capacity. So I'll be working there this weekend. So that'll be interesting. Um, it's always a nice stadium. The crowds are always great. I love, you know. Going as a fan, one of the things you love to see is rivalry between fans, and for me, that's one of the things that I miss the most about dropping down from the Championship to League Two is the, the away fans coming to Home Park. So you know, whether you're playing Portsmouth at home or away, the, the, the rivalry between the two sets of fans makes for a great atmosphere. And I've got gone there and got results that people haven't expected in the past. You know, they, 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 they've done well. So yeah. it's a big game for bragging rights. You know, we talked about social media quite a lot, and there's a lot of rivalry on social media between Portsmouth fans and Argyle fans. And I don't think either set of fans will want to lose this one more, more so than most games. But I can't. I, I say I can't wait. I'll, I'll be nervous going up to it, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to the occasion. Yeah, but it's funny because it's probably the game that would better suit Argyle, given the way they play, going away from home. And... Portsmouth fans are very expecting that. They, yeah, they yeah. Want, they want everything sort of yesterday, really. Yeah. And and, and you, you look at again going back to social media. You look on social media. And, not particularly happy with how the season started and it started much better than Argyle so I think Argyle could really go there and cause some problems and that atmosphere could very quickly turn on, on Portsmouth Indeed Well that's all we've got time for this week thanks to Chris and Jack for joining me and to you out there for tuning in we'll be back again next week with more of the same so be sure to join us then bye bye We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.